All right, what's up everybody? My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments. I'm coming to you guys live. Give me one sec, I'm just posting everything. I'm gonna get the headphones on, I totally forgot about that. And, all right, should be able to hear myself. All right, cool. Dope, all right. All right, so put that in there, we're good, we're golden. All right guys, so we're on episode 59. Sorry for the shake, I'm trying to make sure everything's set up perfectly. All right, so we're on episode 59 today, and we're going to talk about some two topics that, uh, to be bluntly honest with you, I randomly came up with an orientation at my workplace, and they just popped in my head. And so, like, when I tell you that I come up with these topics on the spot, sometimes I, it just they just hit me. Like, sometimes they literally, I'll, I'll be sitting, sitting down, and they'll literally just hit me, and I'm like, oh, shit, and I have to write that down. So, uh, the, and, and the crazy part, too, is that my job, you can't have your cell phones out. So I couldn't write it in my notes. So I actually physically took a picture of my notepad. So I would remember to do these topics because I, I had the, the notepad to write down all the benefits and everything from the company. What's up, Greg? And uh, so what ended up happening was I wrote down everything. What's up for breezy? Yo, in the house, man. But so I ended up writing these two topics down, which were, um, which were, uh, you have the power and quitting is for losers. And I ended up writing that down when I was in um, orientation at my job. Uh, hang on one sec. I'm just trying to, I don't know how to minimize this. All right. Well, anyways, oh, see less. There we go. All right, cool. Because I want to be able to, to do this. So I ended up writing these two topics down. And uh, before I get started, I'm going to update you guys on my life. So Real quick, I started this job like two weeks ago. I think tech, this is technically like my second week, and uh, it, it's it's been it's been really challenging to be honest with you. This it's a warranty company, so you have to learn about all the warranties, and it's almost like a, a, a like a networking hub. And they have like Sears uh, warranties, HMS warranties, uh, which is more for like realtors and stuff like that. And I came in, and they're just like swarming me with information. So I'm like, oh man, like I don't know how to do all this stuff, but. Went to orientation, learned about a bunch of stuff. Uh, I went over yesterday to one of my friends, shout out Jonathan. I went over to him and he sells uh, health insurance. So if anyone's looking to buy health insurance, let me know. I'll hook you up with Jonathan. But uh, Jonathan went through the plans with me and he tried to help me pick the best plans for myself because I've never picked out healthcare before. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always learning too, all right? Because I've never had a full-time job before. It's the first time ever going into a full-time job where uh, I'm working like eight to nine hours a day, uh, pretty much almost like seven days a week, like pretty much like I think five to almost six days a week, basically, for like eight to nine hours, all right? So I'm learning as I grow, just like you guys. So I went and got the healthcare, which I have to register for all that stuff after this. But I wanted to update you guys on that. Um, trying to think what else I can update you guys on. Oh, if you guys, I don't know if you watched the last episode, which was uh, episode 58. That was the first person I put on here as like uh, interviewer slash co-host. So I'm going to try to do that with different people. Uh, Sterling didn't really talk too much and I tried to engage him as best I possibly could by giving, and he even picked the topics, which I thought was funny. But what ends up happening is a lot of people get camera shy and it, it happened to me for a while until I started putting myself more out there and I filmed with like Broward College and I'd be in the videos like every once in a while. Uh, and I would just kind of, you got to blast yourself on the camera to get used to it. So I'm used to it by now, obviously, as you can tell. But for Sterling, Sterling wasn't used to it at all. I think it was the first time ever he's ever been put on the spot in front of people. 
So um, I'm going to, I think he wants to do one on Friday, which uh, be basically like a third episode a week, which I don't really care. But uh, I told him we could do it again and, and we might, uh, I might have to get some alcohol in this system. Cause like he opens up when he's like, when he's drinking, like most people, I guess. But, um, so you might, you might see that on the show for the first time, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we'll bring him back on, but I have other people that I want to bring on. I have like Jonathan, who's a salesperson. Like I was telling you guys with healthcare, uh, Fabrizio would be actually pretty cool who joined on here. Um, my, um, I, it's secondly, like my cousin, cousin Greg would be pretty cool, but like, I don't, I don't know how that would work. Cause he's all the way, um, he, he's a distance away and I don't, I don't know if he has time to do it, but like, uh, like I want to have people on this show that, um, that are from all different ages. So it's not just people in my age bracket. Unfortunately, that's most of uh, what I run into is most of the people, um, around like my age or, well, actually it's kind of like, it's kind of not true because Jonathan's like 28. Jimmy's like in his thirties. Stella's in her 30s. Like, most of the people I know actually are older. But um, I'm going to try to get a diverse amount of people, like, uh, you know, like different races, different cultures, different ages. So that way you guys can see that, you know, it, do it doesn't really matter. Like, we're all, even though we're all going for different dreams and goals, we're all kind of on the same page of, like, we're trying to get somewhere in life. Like, we all want to get to a, a destination. The destination just might be a different, different destination for all of us because we're all not the same. And I think that's also a problem in society. Uh, you know, that's the culture that's been shaped, uh, especially in the United States, is everyone's trying to fight for, like, equality, but everyone's not equal. And, like, I don't mean that as, like, I don't mean, like, everyone's not human. I mean that in the sense of, like, we're all not going for the same thing. We're all going for a different path, all right? So uh, what I'm going for, you're not going to be going for, maybe. But, you know, together we can achieve both of those. And that's what I really wanted to do with this show too, was to get people more positive and to actually uh, unite people more than, than, uh, than I'm trying to think of the word, than kind of like drift people apart or like disconnect people from other people. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff going on right now where um, like people are just really negative and people are just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go and talk to that person because like they probably have that, you know, like that intention or that mindset or um, you know, basically something like that. But especially, uh, right now, like, like you're seeing a lot of, um, black blaming whites. And then you have like, like the, like the girl that I just recently ended it with, uh, I had the same problem. Like I talked to her and like, we'd sit down and talk about politics and things would happen where, you know, I, I was trying to just tell her like, look, like here's a problem. Let's find a solution to fix that. And she would argue that there was no problem and that it was racist that I said, like, this is a problem. And I think that's the problem, too, is most people don't know how to talk to one another. And if you, you know, we got to we got to start understanding, like, if you could sit down with with uh, a person and just have a conversation, you'll actually realize you can you can come up with uh, like common ground solutions. And that's, that's getting a little, you know, a little bit into politics, but you know, eventually that's what I want to do too, is add that on to a podcast and have a different channel for that, but, um, and do politics. But what you'll find out is like, it, once you start talking about problems and this doesn't have to be political, this could be like anything, like maybe you have an issue with one of your friends. If you guys would just talk out the problem, you'd find the middle, the middle solution that you both would probably agree on and you can move past it and, and keep going. So that's something I wanted to bring, you know, that's, that's really what the goals and updates is trying to do too. Like I'm trying to get it more, um, I want to say diversified. 
I really want to get a bunch of different people on here. So that's why, like, uh, on on episode 58, what's up, Travis? That's why on episode 58, when we were talking about the, we went to the, the bar Fat Cats, and I was like, I ran into this uh, girl, Christina, who's an artist, which, by the way, um, she's, a, she's a feminist. And it was actually really ironic, too, because um, the reason I say that is because, like, obviously, I'm more, I'm more towards a Republican side of, like, politics. But... The funny thing was when we were sitting down, like we were talking and we both, we both disclosed that information. And typically when you're on two opposite sides of politics, um, it normally gets really heated or it gets like heavy. And like you, like most of the time, the other side doesn't want to listen to like what the other person has to say. And me and her were just really like, cause we were just chill people, like two chill people that probably had two different opinions on things and two different, um, ways we approached a situation, but we were able to just sit there and have a conversation over a drink and we, and it was perfectly fine. And that's the funniest part is like, that's all, that's all we all have to do. Like, you're not going to agree. Like you're probably not going to agree with me 110%. I might not agree with what you're doing 110%, but you gotta, you gotta talk it out. You gotta sit down and, and you gotta have a conversation with people. And like, that's, that's really what I started to learn a lot. Um, in my, you know, my early twenties, like when I was actually like probably like 20, but, um, so that's that. So that's my, that's my update. So we'll go into the two topics as we're going into 10 minutes into this, but, uh, we're going to start off with the first one. So the first topic is you have the power. Now, this is one that I've heard a lot. Cause like, like I've told people on, um, on the goals and updates, I listen to a motivational video every single day, at least once a day. All right. So that's seven, that's basically seven days out of the week, all right? And I probably listen, to be 100% honest with you, I probably listen to about seven videos a day. And the reason it's seven is because when I drive to work and I drive back and I'm getting ready for work, some of the videos are 30 minutes, some of them are an hour, but I'm constantly listening to things with motivational um, influencers in it and uh that's what they, if you listen to anyone that's a motivational speaker, that's what they're trying to tell you is that most people believe they're powerless in their life. They believe some other source controls them. Uh, most people blame uh, typically the government, all right? Most people blame the government for their problems rather than trying to solve their own problems and they want the government to get involved with their problems. And the other thing too is uh, people normally blame work so people are, you know, they're at work and, and they're like, oh, it's, it's my boss's fault. And most people don't, if most people don't take the, the approach of like, all right, it's my fault. How can I fix this situation? People are always constantly blaming someone else. And that gives you no power or no control of your own life. And I, I came across this one too, because um, I, think I, t I think I talked something around a similar uh, topic, but before on one of the episodes, but um, I came across it in Grant Cardone's book. I was listening to it in the car and I think it was, uh, sell, I think it was seller be sold. I'm pretty sure. Or it could have been like uh, be obsessed or be average. Probably it actually probably was that one. Be obsessed or be average. Great book. Highly recommend it. Go out and go get it. Like go get it now. Go on Amazon and go get it. Um, you got to take action now to change. But, uh, he talked about the typical, he gave an example and there's two examples I can give you that he gave. One was the car where if you got into a car accident, normally what happens is both sides don't take, don't take responsibility and they blame the other person. All right. 
So this is, this is a common one that you'll see. Like I'm sure, you know, most people get into accidents. Like it's very rare for uh, you to find someone that hasn't gotten into an accident. Uh, I've been in, I've been into two accidents on my own that were, you know, I was involved in and I've been in other accidents where like other people were involved in and every single time no one takes, no one really takes the blame. Like no one a hundred percent takes full responsibility of the blame. And what ends up happening is when you play what they call the victim card, you're powerless. You, you can't go anywhere. You're stuck. You're stuck playing the victim and then you got to be helpless and then hope to God that it goes into your favor rather rather than taking the right approach and saying that if I could, if I could take full responsibility and it's my fault, you'll have different ways that you can go and you're in control of the direction that you can take it. Uh, the other example I can give you, which um, is uh, he basically said, he gave an example of a, a power outage. All right. So let's say, let's say you're at home and, uh, your power goes out in the city or in your neighborhood, which is pretty common in Florida because we all have, uh, we have hurricanes down here. All right. So in Florida, uh, there's been a couple of times where we've had uh, like a massive hurricanes come through here and power was out for like five or five days to a week, let's say. And what, what ends up happening is you um, you're out of power for about five days to a week. I don't know why I repeated that, but bear with me. <laughs> it's going to get better. So, what happens is when your power is out, you know, you're stuck until a provider comes to get your power back on. What he was saying is if you would have taken the steps and well, before I get to that, the, the actual result that you should have taken, most people would have been like, oh, it's the city's fault. They'll, they'll, they'll hammer, they'll hammer into the city and be like, oh, you got to fix the power. Where is FPNL? Cause down uh, South Florida, it's FPNL that provides all the, the power down here. And, um, you know, you'd be calling FPNL, you'd be calling the city, being like, hey, what's going on? Like, I want an update, I want it going. So you're relying on FPNL and you're relying on the city, like 90%, maybe I'd actually go as far as 95, maybe even higher percent of people would be relying on the city and FPNL to fix the situation. Now, what you're probably thinking right now is, well, who else would, would be able to, to take care of the power issue? Why not? Why wouldn't it be FPNL or why wouldn't it be my city um, or or the government? Because when you're talking about the city, you're really talking about the government. What's up, Daniel? Um, and what happens is what he was trying to say in the book was if if you were just to think ahead and actually control thinking ahead of time and gotten and gotten like a, a backup generator, like now they sell those little backup generators that'll function your whole entire house you would have you you'd be in control 110 percent of your own life and you wouldn't be waiting on the city to take action you wouldn't be waiting on fpnl to take action so he was trying to give like a prime example of of basically like if you if you take control of your life you won't be helpless like you won't be like uh because most people try to play the victim card or most people say like oh it's not my problem it's that person's problem and then they wait and re they rely on the other person to take care of it and that's really the moral of that story is when you wait for someone else to take um, responsibility for what you should be taking responsibility, you're in, you have no control over it and you're just waiting. And who knows what that next person's going to do. You really think that person cares 110% about, you know, you or the other people that are waiting on certain elements? Probably not. You know, that guy was actually probably the smart one 
um, and probably and probably have the backup generator. And he's probably like, you know, it's not my problem, right? So you got to start taking control of your life. And that's what I mean by uh, you have the power because you really do. You do have the power. Think about this for a second, all right? Really think about this for a second. You, everything that you have in your life right now was your decision. Besides your parents, but, you know, that also was a decision too because your parents had to have a decision in it, right, to have you. But the point of the matter is almost 99% of everything in your life was made off of a decision and that decision ultimately came from you. You know, if, uh, if you're going to blame your parents for college, I mean, your parents didn't go and sign your name at, let's say, let's say you attended Broward College. Uh, let's say you went, actually not Broward College because it's, it's actually doable at Broward College. But let's say you went and you're like, I'm going to go and, and go to um, FSU, you know, one of the high-end branded schools. And like, you'll probably come out of there with easily $40,000 of debt, maybe even more, right? And now you have to pay these loans and you're like, damn it, yo, I listened, I listened to my parents and I went to college. No, yo, it's your fault. You're the one that went into the office and signed for the loans. You're the one that went in there and, and decided that, uh, you know, you're going to go to college. It's, it's not your parents' fault that you went to college and got the loans. And now you have all this debt that you're trying to pay back. And, it's, and um, those government loans are the worst loans you can have. And you're, and you're suffering for, you know, 10, maybe nine years, maybe even longer, depending on how much debt you have and how much you're actually paying, paying it down in time if you're smart with, you know, your money. But the, the point that I was trying to make is, you know, you have the power. All right. And this is where like politics really shift too, because one side will say that it's more government involvement. And the other side will basically say like, no, we want less government involvement and we want, we want more control in our own life. And uh, that's the, that's the big difference that I think a lot of people don't really understand in politics. Um, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to go, I, you know, I'm not going to go into it too, too much because I'm, I, I really try to stay away from politics uh, when it comes to like this channel. But like the reason, the reason I, I, I drift towards it a lot is only because once you have a certain mindset, once you have the mindset of like what goals and updates is going to present to you, it, it's, it's, it, you know, you constantly you'll change the way you look at politics. You'll change the way you look at your own life. You'll change the way that um, you truly care deep down inside about yourself. Because when you look at life in a certain direction or a certain way, everything opens up. Like it's the craziest thing. Like, and it's funny too, because like, I can't, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't explain it. You have to experience it because everyone might experience it a little bit differently. But when I started freeing my mind, because that's the one big thing that people don't realize, you know, we talk, a lot of people talk about slavery and all that stuff. But what you, what you really don't realize is that you're, you're enslaved with your thoughts. That's the one thing that no one ever talks about. And it, and it never, it never gets talked about. No one talks about that. No politician talks about that. You got to set your mind free in order to get to that next level. If you're constantly surrounded by negative people, negative thoughts, um, you don't, you haven't really gone and actually uh, looked into different things and tried to um, dig deep down into a, let's say like a topic or, you know, deep down in what you really want. Cause in the end, politics really doesn't matter. 
it does, but it doesn't. And the reason why it doesn't really matter. And like, once you, once you understand what I'm talking about with you have the power, it doesn't matter what politician is elected. It doesn't matter what policies are in place. If, if you free yourself and you take control of your life, it, it doesn't matter. And I know it's going to, I know that one's going to be hard because it took me a while to understand that one too, until I really thought about it because I'm the type of person I'll hear something and I'll, you know, I'll question it a lot. I'll be like, I don't know. Like if it's really that I'll sit on it for weeks, maybe even months. And all of a sudden it clicks because my mind doesn't think like the average person. I'm always thinking outside the box. I'm always thinking like, you know, like how, how is that possible? Like, what is that guy really talking about? I ask a lot of questions. This is something that school actually was actually good for with, uh, you know, you had to raise your hand and ask the questions. That's, that's one of the only good traits too that I got from school was, uh, you know, um, I can't read, you know, your teachers would always be like, I can't read your mind. You got to raise your hand and be called on and ask questions because I can't read your mind. Like if, if you're in math class and they have a problem on the board, and you're not, and you don't know, you know, you don't know anything of what the teacher is talking about, and you're not asking questions. You're gonna fail the test. You'll probably fail the course, and you'll have to retake the class again, right? So it's the same idea with this. And the crazy thing to me is, your life is the most important thing. Your well-being, your life, how you know your future—that's the most important thing. Thing that uh, should be going, you know, every single day with yourself. It, it, it's your life right? So you need to start thinking in terms of, uh, you got to start thinking of terms of yourself and what you want and what you, what you don't want. And you got to start, start, uh, going towards what you want and trying to, you know, distance yourself from what you don't want. That's, you know, that comes in time. Like first you got to free your mind. You got to free your mind, right? All these, all these crazy, um, people that made a difference in life, what did they do? They freed people's minds. Martin Luther King, right? It was, it was back in a time Martin Luther King freed people's thinking, all right? Because he was against violence. He didn't use violence to, uh, you know, get people to, sorry about that. He didn't use violence to get people to think that racism was wrong and the way, you know, society was structured was wrong. He used his mind he expressed himself to enough people. What's up, Sterling? He expressed himself to enough people with words and what, you know, what he thought about. And uh, he, uh, he basically from there just basically started getting people to see a different point of view. And he slowly but surely changed the United States of America's viewpoint on racism. All right? And that, and, and he'll go down in history. Like that guy is a legend. Go to Washington, DC. All right. They have a massive stone structure of like just stone that an artist carved, carved him out. And they have his, um, his quotes everywhere. His quotes are all over that area in stone and just like in grind in stone. All right. Like that's, that's crazy. All right. That's, that's crazy. Another thing too is ask anyone no matter your race, no matter your background, no matter if even maybe if even if you're in another country, talk about Martin Luther King. And I'd say about 99% of people know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. All right. 
And you got to start thinking like that. All right. He knew that violence wasn't going to fix the problem. He knew that, you know, he had a vision and he had to express it through words and, and trying to shape the way people were thinking on the topic. So that's why, like, it's crazy because, like, that's why I created this, too, because I'm trying to shift the way people are thinking on different things. You know, most people aren't th- most people aren't thinking like in terms of, uh, you know, like they have the power to do whatever they want to do. They, they, they think to themselves, like, I'm powerless. I can't do what that other guy did. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. But you have all that stuff because how did, how did people, like I, like I told you before, the example with Martin Luther King, how did he get to that point? He started like an average person like yourself, all right? So how did that guy, Martin Luther King Jr., get to being a legacy, all right? That guy's a legacy, and, uh, and, and that's the thing that I'm trying to promote with that topic is that you really have the power and you shouldn't be blaming the government for your problems. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be blaming, um, your parents. That's a big one too. A lot of people blame their parents for different things. Like if you're overweight, people blame their parents for being overweight and they're like, Oh, my parents are overweight. And I, and I inherited the trait from them, the fat gene. And that's why I'm fat. No, you're fat because you're not giving yourself power to go to the gym, commit to the gym, and commit to eating better, right? And most people say that as they're eating the most fattening food in front of them, all right? So you, you have to figure out how to, be, how to create more power to yourself, all right? And, you know, I, I figured this out a long time ago in the sense of like, I just paid attention to my parents and my parents are very, very guilty of this one thing that I'm talking about right now with the, 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 you have the power because uh, even though I think, I think deep down inside, they know that they have the power and they can do whatever they want. Um, I, I, I don't think they truly believe it because of the, the actions that they do. All right. My mom's a very, very, uh, my mom, my mom's a good individual, but she's very, she's very negative. Like the first thought that comes to her head, like uh, if I said, you know, um, like I was starting this podcast and, and she's like, oh, you're going to do another episode again every single night. Like, dude, this is only the second, this is only the second episode out of seven days a week. Uh, there might be a third one, but I mean, for the past five, seven months, I think it's been like almost five to maybe like five to six months now I've been doing these episodes. Uh, I, I've been, um, you know, I've, I've done an hour and I've only done it twice a week and maybe I'll shift it from Monday to a Tuesday, like, or, you know, a Tuesday or I'll change the days, excuse me, I'll change the days and stuff, but it's pretty consistent on twice a week because I don't have a lot of time. Like I'm constantly hitting the next thing. Like right after I get off this podcast, I'm going right into the next thing. I'm probably going to eat my food in my room and I'm going to be doing um, accounting homework because I have until 11 PM to get that done. And I, and I, I'm going to pass that class. There's no if, ands or buts. Like if I have to stay up until 11 and study my ass off until one in the morning, that's what's going to happen. All right. Some of you would be like, screw that. I'm going to bed, but I'm going to get it done. Another thing I got to do too is pick my benefit plan and I got to probably figure out how to log into all that stuff. I got to read all, all the information on it because it's really important to make sure I pick the right plan and not the wrong plan. And, um, you know, it takes a lot of time for all that stuff. 
So I, you know, and I got to get that done. And I have a, I have a big window period of not, um, of, of waiting and pushing that off. Like, I think I have like another like 20 days or something like that. And people are like, Oh shit. Like, why is he, why is he in such a rush? Because if I wait, I'm probably going to forget. I probably won't get it done and I'll miss the period of time to get the healthcare. All right. And I know that I got, if I, if I don't put urgency on it, I, it's gonna, it's gonna fly past me. Like I'm going to get too busy. I'm not going to remember to do it. So I need to get it done now, now, not later. Now, best time to do anything is now. Right. So make sure that, make sure when you're going into things and actually you could even do a, um, you could do a test. So go anywhere, go to work. All right. Go to, this is the best part. This is the best part of the whole thing. Cause you'll see. Like, I don't even, I could just tell you something and you can go to work, you can go to school, you can go, you know, go home and eat dinner with your parents and just honestly, just pay attention, shut up, maybe talk once in a while, obviously you're going to have to talk to people, but really stop, like, try not to talk as much and start paying attention to what's coming out of people's mouths and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, all right, especially at work because everyone doesn't want to work, everyone's like, oh, like, Screw this customer. Like he's asking too much. I don't want to go the extra mile. I just want to go home. All right. That's, you know, same with school, same, same with school. You'll see it in college. Uh, cause it's mostly young people. It's not old, old, old. You'll have maybe like once or, you know, once in a while, I had this one guy that was like 30, 35 or something like that. And he was completing his AA and he was like, yo, he's like, it, you know, it's taken me 10 years, but I've got, I'm about to get my AA is my last class. And, uh, I told him, man, better late than never, right? And in his mind, he already doubted himself. He already said, like, oh, like, I got to wait. Let me see if there's another comment in it because it's saying two comments, but I don't see it. But all right, <laughs> Facebook's lying to me. But anyways, um, he didn't believe, like, you know, like, he kind of doubted himself in a sense when he said that because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm old and I'm getting my degree and all these young kids in here. And, see, and we constantly do that and we don't mean to. It's just your, your, your mind is automatically built to negativity. And I think the other thing too, is like, we get so stuck in society, the way society wants us to do something, the way society wants us to do this. And it has to be perfect and it has to be this way. And you, you get caught up in, in the rat race. You get caught up in what everyone else is doing. You, and, and it's hard. I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. All right. It took me years to tell, to, to actually realize the stuff I'm telling you. It took me years because I knew at 18 that I was different. I knew for a fact at age 18, I was different. And then what happened was um, I, I started trying to apply different things. And then, you know, people are like, I don't know why you're doing that. And then people, people try to stop you from doing that. And I was really young. I mean, I, like I said, I was like 18, 19. And like, I didn't, I didn't know all the stuff I knew now. I wasn't listening to motivational speakers. I wasn't, um, I knew there was something more out there, but I wasn't, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to start. Like most people that the same thing with the college where people are like, Oh, you got to go to college. And then you're like, damn, like, what's that next move? What's that next move? Where do I go? Like, how do I get there? And, uh, what ends up happening is like, you, you, you take so much time trying to figure it out rather than just trying things. So most people sit on it and they're like, I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to think about it. And they waste like like three, like 10 years. And then they're like, Oh, I'm going to go and do this when they should have just jumped on something. You know, it's better to start something that maybe you might not like rather than just waiting to start something. Cause you'll realize as you start it, either you really like it 
and it wasn't as what, you know, it was something different that you really didn't think it was actually going to be. And that's what happened with me a lot of the times. I tried so many different things that I'm like, all right, I don't like this. I do like this. Like I fit in this. And it just, it, it just made me really expose, um, it exposed like my skills because uh, when, you know, when you're starting off, you really don't know what you're, you know, I mean, you have an idea of what you're good at and what you're not good at, but until you challenge yourself, till you push yourself to go and do it, you really don't, you don't know as much as you really think. And that's, that was my problem when I was really young too, is like, I'm like, Oh, I know, I know all this stuff. Like these people are stupid. I should go and do this. And then, um, I'd be like, you know, you'd go and do it. And I'm like, damn, like, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And that's why you should start. Cause I started realizing, like, all right, this isn't the path that I was supposed to go down. Like I got to switch it up and I got to go do something else. And I got to go down this path now. And, uh, you're not going to realize that until you physically go out and start trying things. So real quick, uh, since we're talking about this, we'll go into the second topic, which is quitting is for losers. All right. Now, if you're the wrong, if you're the wrong audience for this one, you're going to hate me because <laughs> quitting is for losers. All right. And if you disagree with that, then you're, you're not the right person to be talking to, because if you don't agree that quitting is for losers, I don't know what you're thinking. All right. I, th there's no way that uh, anyone can, can physically help your mindset because you don't even believe that quitting is, is for losers. <laughs> so you got to start thinking um, with this one is think about sports. This is the best example I think I could possibly give you is sports. All right. There's never a tie. Never a tie. Maybe when you played sports. All right. Maybe when you played in a little, in a little league sport you tied and maybe they said, all right, it's a draw. Maybe you and your friends played and it was a draw because you quit and quitting's for losers. But think about it for a second. The Super Bowl, the NF or uh, the Stanley Cup in the NFL, the championship with uh, basketball, with uh, the NBA. You have the World Cup for, uh, for uh, soccer. All right. Do they ever tie? No. And if they do tie, what do they do? They go into overtime. All right? They go into shootouts. They somehow figure out how to determine the loser from the winner. All right? And this, and this is what I'm trying to, to show you is it's how you look at things. Because most people are watching that sport they're watching the, the last game of that season when the two biggest heavy-hitting teams play, and they're not thinking that way, all right? They're just rooting for a team. They're, they're not thinking how I'm presenting that to you, all right? So that's what, that's what my job is to do is to expose that other side of thinking, all right? So you need to understand that if you want to succeed, you have to push for the winning team. You got you to gotta be the winner. Because if you're not winning, you're losing, all right? And this one's really hard. And the reason I say it's hard is because automatically a winner is automatically looked down upon. And I don't, I don't, and I mean that as like, if you're trying to win, people automatically think you're stuck up. Uh, you're all in it for yourself. All right. And it's the same thing with sales. Like in, in sales, like this is where this is actually a big hitter is sales because um, you're, you're trying to use a little bit of pressure. You're trying, you're trying to get that sale and you're, and you're trying to be a winner. And the only way you can win in sales is by closing the deal. 
And what ends up happening is uh, salespeople are, are highly looked down upon just because like, you know, like you hear it all the time, like all oh, that, that, uh, that uh, scam artist uh, um, car dealer, or you hear like, Oh, like I got this, I got this phone from a, um, a salesperson at like AT&T and I could have went to uh, like Best Buy down the street or could have got it on Amazon for half the price and he scammed my ass out of uh, extra money or, um, you know, if, you, if you're, if you're automatically trying to sell someone, they're like, oh, you're a salesperson, like F you, like I don't, I don't want to be with you, like I don't, I don't want your presence even near me, All right? Uh, what do you normally do when you get a random cold call from someone that's trying to pitch you something? You automatically either A, hang up. Or you say, don't effing call me again, and you hang up, all right? So, you know, and that guy on the other end is trying to win. That guy on the other end is doing whatever it takes. Uh, same thing with the, the sports. Like, the other team, all right? And whenever I watch uh, – by the way, since we're talking about sports, whenever I watch a game like the Super Bowl and someone's like, oh, who are you rooting for? I always root for the underdog, all right? The reason I always root for the underdog is because the underdog normally has less to lose and everything to gain. And if they win, because most people don't go for the underdog. Most people go for like, for instance, the Patriots and uh, I think it was the, I think it was the Steelers that were in the last one. I didn't, I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. I didn't watch the last Super Bowl, but um, everyone normally roots for the Patriots. All right. And you know, you have maybe like uh, you have a lot of people that go against them just because they hate how the Patriots win all the time. Oh, it was the Rams. Thanks, uh, thanks for Abrizio for that correction. Like I said, I didn't watch it, but yeah, Patriots and the Rams. Hang on, let me scroll down for your uh, comment. Yeah, Patriots and Rams. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the correction. Um, so yeah, so the point is, I always root for. I think the last one was the Eagles and the Patriots, right, Fabrizio? Because you're you're pretty into the sports. I'm I'm pretty sure you're into football. I got to get you on this show, by the way, since you're on here. Um, I'm gonna. I think I still have your number. If anything, I'll just contact you on here or whatever. But um, I definitely want to do an interview with you. And uh, I can – everything's portable. It all links into my um, – what do you call it? My computer. Yeah, my computer, my laptop. So we, we could even do it at your house if you needed to, like if you wanted to go somewhere else and do like a, like a little mini like interview slash like co-host podcast where we talk about two topics. Um, so, yeah, just let me know about that. Because I'm trying to get more diverse people on here. Like, I had Sterling on here, which is the first ever interview. I was trying to get this um, this one guy uh, from Africa to do a phone interview because he was trying to get to America. And I was like, oh, they, they, like, most of the time, like, those people are, like, best to interview because they have, like, this big big dream to to do, like, more things than they're, they're capable of doing in, in another country. So it's pretty crazy. But, um, but anyways, going back to the sports was uh, when the Eagles were playing, everyone that I knew went against them. And everyone's like, oh, the Patriots, even the people that wanted the Eagles, get this, yo, get this. Even the people that wanted the Eagles to win said the Patriots hands down were going to win. All right. And I, it was so funny because I went over my, um, my one friend, uh, Eli, hopefully Eli joins us. Eli joined a couple of them and I think he just like paced out, but hopefully he joins this one because this one would be funny for him to join. He even told me that he wanted the Eagles to win, and he said the Patriots, he's like, hands down, he's like, the Eagles aren't going to win it. It's going to be the Patriots. And I said, dude, the Eagles are going to win. <laughs> I said, the Eagles are going to win. And he's like, how do you know that? Like, how, why are you so confident about that? And I was like, because the underdogs are normally the team that are the most dangerous. 
They're the most dangerous team that you could possibly put out there. Because what happens is the person that wins, and at that time I think the Patriots had, they never lost a game. They never lost one game in their whole entire season until they got up to the Super Bowl, and they lost at the game that mattered the most. They lost to the team that everyone said wasn't going to beat them. All right? and, they, and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. All right? And that's because they have nothing to lose. They have everything to gain, and they're the most hungriest person or the hungriest team to win because they want to shut everyone up that's telling them they're not going to win. So you have to uh, – yes, yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, man, I'll reach – yeah, I'm definitely about – all right. So I'll reach out to you, Fabrizio. I'll try to do it after this just so I don't forget because what happens is I forget after this. But I'm going to – I'll hit you up after this. Uh, Maybe a text message. A text message is probably the easiest way. I think I still have your number. So I'll hit you up, and then we'll figure out, you know, you can pick the topics you want to talk about, and then we'll do, like, a smaller interview. And, and all it's going to be is, like, you know, what are your dreams? What are your goals, you know, for your future? And I'm, I'm going to try to get it so, like, more people can see, like, other people's goals and dreams. And then um, from there, like, we'll just take it from there. We'll talk about two topics like I'm doing right now. And you'll pick the topics. So you, you know, you'll be more comfortable with the topics. And there you go, man. And uh, I, I appreciate it. I'll reach out to you. So, anyways, um, so and the same thing with like the gym, like the gym. Um, and this was one that I heard from a motivational speaker uh, who's worth like five hundred million dollars, and uh, it's Ed Millett. If anyone knows who that guy is, uh, if you if you watch motivational speakers, you probably definitely know who uh, Ed Millett is. But that guy, um, that guy's like built. The guy's built. Like he goes onto the stage and he's the biggest guy out there with his arm. His arms are massive. And he's like, um, he's like, I love the gym for one reason, and it's because you'll you'll know as soon as you go to the gym who the quitters and the winners are, because the winners will do that extra extra rep, and the quitters will either um, quit on themselves and not do the extra rep or even slack. Excuse me, I don't want to burp on here, but um, but anyways, so. The, the, the actual loser or the quitter will basically like skip out on reps and they'll be like, oh, I did two. I don't really want to do the third one. And like, it's all self-discipline. So you'll know right away who the winners are and who the losers are or the quitters. I don't want to say, well, yeah, the losers, but I like, use, I want to use the word quitter because that's what a loser is. It's a quitter person, the person that quit on themselves. And you'll see this with like jobs like when people are like, at, when, when people first start the job and people are looking at them, like at my job right now, um, I'm two weeks in, but there's a, uh, what do they call it? A, a probation period. So from 30, it's either 30 to 90 days or 60 to 90 days. It might be 60 to 90. It might actually be 30 to 90. But through that, that probation period, they watch you closely. They Make sure you're clocking in on time. They make sure, and they, and they add points if you're late, if you didn't show up. Uh, they, um, they, they, criti they basically criticize you to see if you're going to hold up to your end once you're kind of settled in, and they make sure you're a good fit for the company, and they can fire you basically for any reason if they want within that, that uh, probation period. And that's what uh, a lot of corporations do too. Like uh, I was talking to someone at my old job, at the marketing job, and they were talking about how uh, they fired this one guy that was working with us. And he was a project manager. And he, he, he wasn't a good project manager at all. And what ended up happening was he slacked. He'd go outside. He'd be on the phone all day. He wasn't really working. Um, he wasn't working with other people well. 
and they ended up letting him go. And I was like, I was like, why'd they let him go? And they're like, because he wasn't smart. And he, he was in that period, that probation period. And they just fi- they could fire him for anything. They could just say like, Oh, he didn't show up to work. He, um, he wasn't really working well with the team and they could just fire his ass. And I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, I never, I, I never knew that. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, they're like, because I, the other funny thing too is like, I never thought about that. I didn't even think about that before because when I go to work, like I'm there to be the hardest working person there. And I can prove that to you because uh, every single day I dress up for work in a shirt and a tie. Why? Because I'm a winner. I'm not going to quit on myself. And, and the point that I'm trying to make with that is uh, they have casual, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And uh, if the CEO of that company listens and, and listens to this, I hope, I hope, like, I hope he listens to this because on Fridays, you're supposed to dress business casual up until Friday where it's like casual dress Fridays. The dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. All right. And, and it's like, cause like it's, fr- they're trying to promote that it's Friday and like you could basically slack cause it's Friday. And, um, give me one sec. And my mom's like, you better not dress in a shirt and tie because people are going to make fun of you. And I said, fuck that. I, I, I straight up told her that. Like, I'm not, even, I'm not even lying to you right now. I said, fuck that. Dressing down is for quitters. And I'm not a quitter. I'm going to outwork everyone there. And I'm like, I'm going to dress in a shirt and tie. And people can make fun of me. But I'll, I'll be the one that stands out on Friday. And, uh, you know, that's what I want. I want to outwork these people because these, these people are slackers. All right. And this is what you're going to see when you go to a corporate job. Like if you're not in a corporate job right now, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll instantly see it when you go to a corporate job, because what happens is people get too comfortable and they're like, all right, I could just, I could take the 15 minute break. Cause at my job, they time you on everything. Like you get there and you only have a two minute grace period to clock in 15 minute breaks. And you have to clock out right at 15 or right, right before the 15 minute starts. And then you got to clock right back in right after the 15 minutes. And same with lunch. Lunch is, they give you a little bit extra. It's 30 minutes. But everything's clocked to the T. You have to, there's, there's a production level. So you have to, for what I'm doing, I'm doing like email correspondence re- replies. It's seven emails in an hour. So they're even timing you on like how many emails you can get done within the hour. Right? And you get a production level and, uh, and an inheritance level. So the thing that I'm trying to tell you is like the average person would be like, Oh fuck that. Like, I'm sure like there's people that are listening to this and going, Oh fuck that. Yo, like I'm not going to like, why would I want to work for someone like that? Where they're going to like basically going to control me. And the reason is, is because you're a fucking quitter. That's the real reason. Like it's because you're going to quit on yourself and not do that. Now, obviously you shouldn't stay in the corporate world. And that's a big mistake. A lot of people play too, is they stay too far in the corporate world and the person that inter- interviewed me was there for 27 freaking years, yo. And it's because she got too comfortable. They probably gave her raises. Uh, she gets health care there because you're full-time. And it's a, it's a big-ass corporation, like over 700 employees and growing. Um, at, it's uh, Cross-Country Home Services, for anyone that's curious. And they're actually changing their name to uh, Cinch, I think, is the, the new name they're trying to change it to. But, um, but what happens is people get too comfortable. They know every single person in every single cubicle. All right. Um, and they say hi to everyone every single time they show up and, and say bye to everyone as they leave. So they're comfortable with the people there. They're comfortable with the benefits. They're getting 401k plans. 
Uh, they're getting health care. They're getting, um, what's the other thing? They're, uh, if you stay there for a year, they pay for your education. So you can get kind of like almost a like free education from them uh, at college. Uh, so you're getting all these different things. But what people don't realize is you're giving up a lot of time. So that's what I mean. Like, I don't, and, and it's literally like they control you. So like, I don't know why anyone would want to stay there for 27 years because 90% of that person's time is gone. The, you know, that corporation owned them for 27 years on the dot. All right. And maybe she had weekends off or maybe like two days a week, but she's definitely working there like nine, eight hours like myself and probably there at least five days a week, maybe even more because she probably has more responsibility because she's probably like a higher up uh, manager. So the point I'm trying to make to you is like, you want to, you want to use corporate. Don't let corporate use you. All right. Let that one sink in because most of you, most people are going to try to take the easier out and maybe just work a part time and you should be working full time. You should be trying to go and use the benefits. You should be trying to get a 401k early and start saving. You should be trying to get healthcare and not, and not bum off your parents forever. You should be going and, um, and working a job <clears throat> where like there's potential and opportunity and growing as an individual within the company. Um, but you should also tell yourself that it's not a permanent stay and that it's only, you're, you know, give yourself a limit and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to use this company to get X, Y, and Z. And after, you know, after four or five years after, you know, I'm going to go in and I'm, and I'm going to get my time back. All right. As most people do it in reverse. Most people either don't work for a corporation and they, and they, uh, they take 10 years of figuring shit out and they never start anything and they work a part time or maybe a full time with like, and you know, it's not, it, there's no opportunity to grow. And then it's almost like in reverse and they waste so much time trying to pick up the pieces afterwards that it's almost impossible for them to get to the top again. Or people stay in comfort they go into corporate world and they stay comfortable and they're like, okay, I'm eating, you know, I'm, I'm going up slow instead of running. They, they, they walk, they, they, they slow pace. So you want, you want both. You want to have the urgency to go and do more, but at the same time you want to, um, you want You want urgency, but at the same time you don't want to like, like over, overdo it. That's what I would say. Like I always say like, there's always a pro and a con to things. You want to try to find something that has more pros than cons but the other thing that I can tell you too is that sometimes having a little bit of both is always good. Having too much of one thing is never, you know, sometimes not really a good thing, I would say. That, that's my opinion. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I live by is like with saving and spending. Most people either spend way too much money and don't save or they save way too much money and don't spend anything. You really want to find common ground with that one and, and spend slash save slash invest that's what you should be doing and that and that's that's a pro tip for you guys on money which you know probably to be honest with you, I'm, I'm doing a lot of financing right now I'm, I'm reading this big ass book I don't have with me it's at work and I read on my break and it's a personal finance book all right I know a lot about personal finance but I'm still going to read that big ass book because who the hell knows man there might be some secret gems in there so I'm going to read that book and I'll, and I'll probably actually use that book and maybe create that's probably what I'll, I'll use the YouTube profiles for is uh, maybe like do like money tutorials or something or like credit because I did a credit um, live stream and I, I felt like it was really useful but there's just so much information on credit I couldn't I couldn't really fit it in in like 20 minutes
But um, all right. So real quick, we're gonna I'm gonna pitch you done deal investments. I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna contact Fabrizio because I, I promise him I'd do that. And then um, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna work on accounting and I'm gonna get my healthcare and it's all gonna be good. We're gonna get a lot of stuff done tonight. At least I am. You're probably not, but I will. But um, so anyways, we're gonna go in and, and do done done deal investments. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Done Deal Investments LLC. That's where this hack comes into play. Done Deal Investments LLC. The slogan is where the deal is already done. And I'll explain the slogan after I explain what Done Deal Investments is. What this company is designed to do is to take a distressed seller and an investor and put them together so that the investor can flip the property or you know rent it, whatever they want to do. They're going to invest their own capital into the property and the seller, who's in, well, I call him a distressed seller because uh, most people that would do this are people that are financially not okay to take care of the property anymore, whether it's liens, pre-foreclosure, meaning like they're behind on their mortgage or some type of loan payment, and the bank or whoever the person that owns the house technically still uh, is going to repossess the house back. Uh, the other thing it works for is job transfers. It works for inherited housing, so like if like you're – um, an older relative passed away, or even maybe a younger person passed away, but you, you know, you got the house in the will and you inherited the house. I can help you. Um, said job transfer. Oh, there's other ones, but it basically works for if you want to sell the house really fast and I, I can help you do it. it maybe you don't want to do a realtor realtors charge you like heavy commission fees. And sometimes the process is lengthy. It's not, it's not an easy way to do it. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what it would work for the best. Now, how this works is the three-step process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to get in contact with me some way or form, and this should be easy to contact me. I mean, every single live stream, I have all my contact information on the right, websites, email addresses, phone numbers, uh, social media accounts. Um, I prefer, the best way I prefer to do it is to give me a call, all right? And if I don't answer because, you know, I might be at work and it's a no phone policy at work, I can't take a phone call really or anything like that. Um, I'll give you a call right after I'm out of work. Like immediately after I'm out of work, I'll give you a phone call and let you know what's going on. Now, um, what am I going to say? Or if I'm on break, maybe I'm on lunch break for 30 minutes. I get, easily give you like a couple minute phone call and we can talk about it. But how this works is you got to get in contact with me. I'm going to ask you some basic questions about, you know, the financial situation that you're in, why you need the service and uh, the condition of your home. That's very important. And then from there, we're going to go into step two. Step two is going to be, I have to schedule an appointment with you to come to your property. And I'm just going to come with a, a sheet. That's going to, if you know, if you have broken windows, if you have roof damage, you have mold, uh, you have any type of uh, damage that the investor is going to have to put capital into, I'm going to um, write that down on my sheet and it's going to give me an estimated cost on how much money it's going to take a contractor. So I'm going to come in and fix it. Now, the other thing is um, I'm going to take five pictures inside your house and five pictures outside. Now, the reason I'm taking the pictures is for when I go and try to find an investor to put onto the deal. I don't want all these people coming to your house. All right. I don't want them all coming to your house. I'm going to send them the pictures and they're going to see, all right, this is what the inside looks like. This is what the outside looks like. And that way they, um, you know, they, they, like you don't have all these people coming to your property or your home, all right? And you don't, have, you don't have to make all these, you know, extra, extra like off day visits and stuff. Now, the other thing too is now we're going into step three, all right? So now we're on step three. Step three is I'm going to go home 
I'm going to run comps and do some research on your neighborhood. And I'm going to try to pick the three closest houses to your home or your property. And what's going to happen is uh, that's what's, that's how we get the average price from the average price. I'm just going to deduct the expenses and that's the price we're going to negotiate on. All right. So we'll negotiate on the terms. If you need to stay in the house for another three weeks, maybe a month, you know, whatever you need, um, I'll work it out with the investor. That's my job. That's why it's called where the deal's already done because I'm doing all the legwork. All right. I'm literally doing all the legwork between you and the investor. All right. And I'm putting the deal together from scratch, basically. Like it's all, it's all being built by me. So what ends up happening is once we negotiate the terms and the, and the, and the price that you, that we're going to basically give the, the property to the investor and we're going to pay you in cash that price, it, we're going to put it under contract. So you're going to sign the contract. I'm going to sign the contract. I'm going to get the investor, you know, make a couple phone calls. I have a buyer's list, you know, make a couple phone calls, find a buyer or an investor and we're going to put him on the deal. And he's going to take ownership of the property and we're going to pay you the cash for the property that we negotiated on. And we'll work with you on the terms and the policies and all that stuff. So what's going to happen from there is you're going to have the money and you're going to go find another place to go live. And that's within your budget. And you're not going to get penalized because most of the people that are going to be in this situation are going to be, uh, they're, they're going to end up, it's going to end up crushing them with credit or it's going to end up like financially just destroying them and they can't, they can't go and find another property. So that's why I designed it is uh, to give homeowners another resource rather than just a bank, because you probably got a mortgage from the bank and the bank is not going to keep helping you. The bank is just going to say, you owe us too much money. Like basically screw off. Like, I, like we don't care what happens to you. It's our investment that we gave you and we want our money back. All right. Um, that's just, it's just corporate. It's just, you know, it's, it's business. I mean, you know, it's business on their part, but you know, it, it happens and it actually happens a lot more than you think. So anyways, um, that's why the, that's why I created the resource. Now what's going to happen is obviously you get the cash. You'll go and find another home within your budget. I have contact information. I can't get you to that next level. I could just get you out of the financial situation right now. I'm planning on adding home inspections, adding on planning financing, and then I'm planning on um, realtors that can go and find you deals. I'm, I'm planning on adding a lot of stuff onto this. It just takes a lot of time. I have to go and build the experience. I have to go and figure out, you know, um, I, you know I'm not specialized in those fields whatsoever. So I got to go and get education on, on how these people do, you know, the different fields. I got to get licensed in some of these fields. I have to go and, and then figure out how to hire people. And, and it's, it's going to be a long process, but I'll get it to where I want to get to uh, down the road. Now, um, that's what I'm trying to do. But if you need like home inspector, if you need realtors, I have a lot of realtors I can give you that are really great people that'll help you out. Um, I have a lot of connections that I can basically hook you up with right now that if you needed to go and get something, I could probably help you out tremendously. Now, uh, the investor obviously wants to do this. He's going to make money off the property cause he's going to be able to sell it for full, full market value. He's going to invest his own money. And he's going to make, you know, that's where he's getting his money from. He's going to basically invest in the property and basically get capital back from it. Uh, how done deal investments wins is I'm going to get a commission based fee for what we call a finder's fee. The buyer is going to pay me, which is the coolest part. You won't have to pay me. All right. You won't have to physically pay me. The investor will physically pay me. All right. So that's the coolest part. Now, um, 
So that's how all three parties, and every party wins that's in this deal. All right, so every single party member will benefit and win from the deal, which is the coolest thing because sometimes, you know, um, well, most deals normally work like that in, in business, but sometimes it doesn't always work out like that. Sometimes it affects the, 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 um, the buyer or someone that's involved in it, and it sucks. But uh, in this type of situation, everyone will win, which is, the, like I said, the coolest part. Now, how this works, because you're probably like, all right, well, how, like, how does this actually work? How does, where does the money come from? Um, you know, which is a common question. How, it, how we get the money is we are using the money within your house, which is what is called equity. For anyone that doesn't know what equity is, is it's basically just taking, let's say you have like 300,000, let's say your house is worth $300,000, right? And, um, you know, you owe nothing on the house. Your house is basically paid off, but maybe you, maybe you, you're behind on back taxes. You're behind on taxes on the property and the government is, is going to repossess the property because you can't afford the, the taxes anymore on it. And you can't pay back the back taxes that you owe on the property. So let's just say, you know, your house is worth $300,000 and we can give you, let's say $200,000 on the property. And I'm just trying to use like basic math. Like everyone's, everyone's financial situation is going to be different. Every deal is going to be different. But let's just say you have $200,000 that we can give you out of your equity. There's about $100,000 of equity in that property. And that's the money that me and the investor are going to, uh, that's how we're going to get our money through the equity of your house. And that's why like most people don't realize it when they buy a house, but you're basically just sitting on money because real estate is, is cash. Like it, it, you're literally just sitting on money and most people don't, and because you can't see it physically in your bank account, because you can't physically see it, you know, with paper in front of you, most people don't realize that they're just sitting on cash, which is crazy. It's mind blowing once you get into real estate and you start, and you actually realize that. Um, but that's how we get paid. That's how, you know, the investor um, makes money on the deal. Uh, it's equity in the property. Now, now it comes to a second thing real quick and I'm going to wrap it up um, is if you don't have enough equity in, in the, in your home, like if you owe too much money through a mortgage and you're, you're, you know, and there's no money to be made on the deal, like there's nothing that the investor can make money on. I can't physically help you only for the fact that the investor is not going to do it for free. The investor is going to want some type of investment um, return. All right. Or um, I think it's, I, uh, investment on return on invest. So ROI, I don't know. I uh, dyslexia kicked in, but ROI, which is, uh, ROI is return on investment. I'm kind of getting to the end of this. So I'm kind of lacking a little bit, but so, you know, th that's what you got to keep in mind. If you don't have any room in your equity, if you owe too much money on a mortgage or too much money on like on liens, liens are a big one and it, it's going to overweigh the, the property worth. And it's something that we physically just can't help you on. And I'll be upfront with you as soon as like we, you know, if we talk about your situation and that's what happens, I'll be upfront with you. I'm not going to waste your time because um, I know time is valuable. So I won't waste your time. I'll, I'll physically tell you like, I don't, I don't think our resources will help you only for the fact that there's no room in your equity and there's no, there's no money to be made on your property. Like you, like I physically can't help you, unfortunately. So, um, so that's done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And uh, go visit my website. 
because um, I really want some criticism on it. I have a couple of people that told me a couple of things. Uh, some people didn't like, I had two people tell me they didn't really like the video that was on there. So I'm going to be working on fixing the video on there. Uh, someone saw like a misspelled word that told, uh, I think someone told my mom and I, I had the, the company because I'm paying this company to work on the website. So that's why um, just go on the website and tell me your honest opinions about it. Like tear me to shreds. Be like, I don't like this. I think this is the stupidest thing you have on your website. Literally criticize the hell out of me and rip it to shreds. And I'll just bring all that stuff to the attention of the, um, the designer of the website. All right. So um, I was going to say, I think that's everything. I think I covered everything. Uh, this is episode 59, almost on 60 guys. And I'm going to hit a hundred episodes, which is pretty, which is pretty insane. So um, again, my name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday. I'll see you probably, I'll probably see you Friday, to be honest with you with Sterling. But if I don't, I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace.